1: All right. This is a bonus episode for everybody. I know it's not a normal episode, but we figured that we would do something a little bit special. We had the opportunity to have the man himself, the man, the myth, and the actual legend, uh, Jim Shockey, on the podcast. So this is your boy, East Coast Trev, and
2: this is Steve.
1: And uh, we're, we're actually really pumped about this we can't thank Jim enough for taking the time with us. It was a little short bonus episode that we were able to do. And he kind of spread that word, man. What was kind
2: of your thoughts on it, Steve? It's, it's just great to have perspective from someone with so much history from the ground up across the world, culturally, naturally, hunting, etc. I mean, pretty much crosses the entire bands on everything. So it's really good to get that wisdom and perspective onto the show and you know give that different point of view as it comes to hunting you know some of the different ways he looks at the hunt versus the kill uh the the adventure versus the work things like that so
1: as I listened to it and kind of talked with him throughout all this like I kind of put a lot of perspective of how things have kind of became commercialized and then to have somebody that's kind of out there and kind of ground you and kind of remind you, Hey, that's not what it's really all about. You know, taking that, as soon as he had said some of the things in here, it kind of, kind of humbles you really does.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's got the right idea. You know, anyone can hunt nowadays with technology, but go back and try to do it primitive, do it the way the ancestors did Mm -hmm. and then see what your respect goes up to.
1: I mean, he, this man killed a, uh, a big i think it was a buffalo or something with the air gun yeah the air bow
2: i mean come on that's awesome
1: absolutely incredible um you guys should definitely listen in
2: yeah let's just go ahead and uh skip through everything and fire the sucker up let's do it all right here we go
1: the line with the man himself, Mr. Jim Shockey. How are you, Jim?
0: I'm totally wonderful. How about you guys?
1: Hanging in there. We really appreciate you taking the time to come down and join us. I know you're a busy man and got a lot of, uh, you wear a lot of hats, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got me in my civilian hat today, uh, my, my normal golf outfit.
1: <laughs> you <Nice>. going golfing?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, we'll see. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, there's
1: nothing wrong with that. Well, why don't why don't we get this uh, underway? Turn the key. Why don't you tell everyone uh, who you are, where you're from, and uh, what you do?
0: Well, <laughs> I'm Jim Shockey, and uh, hopefully everybody already knows what I do. Uh, we'd be here for a little <laughs> while if I if I started <laughs> describing 50 years in the outdoor industry, it that's would an take understatement. Well t- too, too long. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well man, I one thing I really do want to hit on and kind of talk about is and I see you're walking around and obviously we have the the video side and everyone's kind of on the audio but you have a museum.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm actually in here right now in the we call it the Great Room in our uh, Hand of Man Museum of Natural History, Cultural Arts and Conservation uh, here on Vancouver Island. So, it's it's sort of my my passion uh, always has been. This that's something I I started collecting you know, objects for this museum back when I was 10 years old with, with you know, I could have told you what would be in it. I didn't know where it would be or how I would be able to afford it, but, uh, but I could have described it uh, back then. And, and I just kept on that track for 53 years, uh, focused on creating this museum. That's amazing.
1: Totally amazing. What, what is probably one of your favorite pieces inside of the museum?
0: Uh, you know, every single piece, uh, the whole point of this museum is called Hand of Man for a reason. They, they, you know, things that were created, touched by human beings, every one of them is just as valid as the next. Uh, you know, there's memories associated with some of these. Like I think on that back wall, those moose antlers you're saying, there's, I don't know how many, 20 sets or 10 sets. Um, you know, Eva's first moose is there, our daughter Eva. My father's last moose is up there. Uh, you know so so there's there's objects in here that the memories are certainly um, more poignant than others but you know there, there's there every single object in here is is uh, just as important it was made by somebody for you know some purpose generally ceremonial spiritual you know maybe it was just done for love some of the the pieces in here like the embroideries and Show towels, the, <clears throat> the samplers that are on the walls, the the quilts. I mean, your your <laughs> your viewers or listeners can't see it, but you know, there's there's ducabor textiles on the wall, Amish quilts. There's uh, Ghanese fishing flags behind me, and uh, Kyrgyz uh, embroideries from, from around the world. That, that's that's literally what I've done <laughs> for the last 50 years. Uh, you know, the hunting was a part of it certainly, but gathering all these objects for this museum was the purpose behind everything. Wow.
1: And at what point, and obviously you said that you wanted to do this for such a long time, but what, at what point did it really like come to fruition and, and it just all come together?
0: Well, you know, it's an ongoing process. It's all part of the journey. So it's not, I mean, it's, it's come together where you, you know, I can, Show you around here, and you would think, oh, it's complete, but it's not complete. It's, it's never going to end. Uh, right now, I'm in the process of uh, curating it all, so you know that'll take ten years to get everything out of out of my brain and onto digital, you know, format. That that's what we use here. We don't use the big signs with the writing all over them. That's old school and, and passe. We use iPads and and video messaging. Um, and, and, presentations for every object in here. So little tiny numbers beside each object and people look on the iPad and see the video presentation about that object. Uh, so, so that's still ongoing. So, so you know, when did it all come to fruition? It's, I mean, it literally, it's, it's been coming to fruition for, uh, 50 years, 53 years. And, and, uh, wow. it probably won't be fruited. I'm not sure if that's such a word but uh, I like it though. <laughs> but yeah, if it's not we'll use poetic license and say it's a word. Uh, so it won't be fruited until probably I'm gone from this earth.
1: Definitely leaving some type of a stamp, right? <laughs> it's it's well, what you leave behind.
2: The the amazing thing I see about it is, you know, everyone associates you with the hunt, but I've always more associated you with the travels and the cultural intuition the the different ability to go and look and see what happens around the rest of the world and how hunting's involved with that so it looks like what you've really built here is more the representation of the cultures more so than just hunting which is a wonderful thing
0: yeah i mean you know all of that interaction with the with the cultures around the world that are hunting cultures that's all part of hunting i mean you know the kill is just a tiny little portion of any hunt. Uh, and it's not a, it's not a two-dimensional, you know, pie. It, it's a three-dimensional ball. And, and, you know, the, it's a sliver of that ball is actually the kill of an animal. The, the rest, the interaction, the exploration, the adventure, the, you know, the learning, the teaching, that's all part of, um, that's all part of hunting. So, so I've always, um, uh, you know, focused on the big picture about what hunting's really is. Um, you know, explorers are hunters and hunters are explorers. And, and so I've, I've traveled the world doing what hunters do really. I mean, uh, now, you know, I've had the, the privilege of, of doing that, you know, to some pretty exotic places, but, you know, most hunters can't necessarily do that, but all of us are interested in natural history, skeletons. If we see a bird's nest, we're, we're going to look at it. If we see a, you know, a bone on the ground, we're going to pick it up. And you know, of course, you know, we might get a little more excited uh, if we see a big white-tailed deer shed antler. But uh, but it's all part of hunting. And and so I, I I, you know, the the culture to me of these places, um, that that's just as much a part of. It's more than than the actual kill of any animal.
1: And it's kind of funny, I would like, or not funny, but it's awesome how that you take it more to the primitive side with doing it more with a muzzle odor or, you know, a longbow or whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah, I, I I think the the um the challenge is directly proportional to the accomplishment. So so you know I want to make things more difficult. Uh, and, and I want to I want to you know hearken back to the you know times of yore when we we use muzzleloader and bow and arrow. Uh, and rifle, I have no problem with rifle at all. I love using a rifle as well. It, it's certainly easier than uh, trying to sneak that extra bit closer for muzzleloader or you know even closer for for archery. Um, so so it's all part of hunting. I mean, I, I, I'd use a slingshot. In fact, I have used a slingshot before. <laughs> And, and air guns, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it's, it's, again, back to the, it's the process, it's not the kill. So, so all of that, you know, getting closer, interacting with the animals that 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 speaks to me. And, and also, like I say, the the fact that, you know, our antecedents didn't have the high power weapons. So, you know, to go back and try and do it like they did is, is uh pretty cool i mean it, it's kind of um you're touching your ancestral soul when you're out there hunting and and yeah i think you're a little bit closer to it if you have a bow and arrow in your hand uh in a lot of ways that's how they had to do it or i i mean atlatls we don't use anymore but uh you know if it was legal it would be pretty cool to try with that too so so yeah i i just like and again the challenge like i say is directly proportional to the accomplishment so the greater the challenge, the greater the accomplishment. I, I, I wanted to challenge myself, always have, I I love challenge.
2: There's another piece that I wanted to touch on. Funny enough, you made a post today about finding excuses to make the hunt last longer. And and I found that really interesting because a lot of people, especially on the hunts that you're out getting to do, you know, they want to get out there and get that first day kill and, you know, have it be easy but it was really nice to watch that video of how that all progressed with that moose and it just fading away off into the brush. Oh man, you got to go do it again. You know, I thought that was a a really good outlook on it.
0: Yeah. It's it's a fact. I mean, we have tons of video footage. drives my cameraman nuts uh, (laughs) because you know, I could have taken the shot that that's, you know, the camera was fixed. Yes. There was a glitch. Well, that's good. I grabbed onto that as an excuse not to, take the shot, but I could have taken the shot after the camera was fixed. You know, it's once the hunt's over, you know, once you kill the animal, the the actual process, that journey kind of is over. I mean, they still have a lot of work to do, obviously get the meat back, but, but, you know, the hunting, the lying in wait for the search for all that parts over. And, and I love that part. So, so if in my perfect world, if I could uh, get, The animal I'm after in the last minute of the last day, that's a perfect hunt. Um, You know, my dad, I grew up with uh, a meat hunting father. And, uh, you know, if he could get the deer in the first minute of the first day and be back at work by noon, that was a great hunt for him because it was about meat. So the more time you spent trying to get that meat, you know, the less cost efficient it was. And, you know, that's not why I hunt. I mean, I love the meat, absolutely, but that's not defensible in the long run. Um, in, in today's world, it, we can't just relegate these animals to being a hamburger running across a, a field. You know, they're not just meat. They are you of know, far greater importance than meat. Like I say, it's a spiritual connection uh, for hunters. Uh, you, you have to have that. And, and that's what we have to show people and, and let people understand. So, so, you know, to kill it, we're kind of turning it into meat as quickly as possible or or making that the ultimate goal of what the hunt's about. And and it can't be. It's got to be the process of the hunt, the journey. Uh, and then that's defensible the into, the, into the future, no matter how many billion people there are in this world. You know, we, we can... They they won't be able to shut us down from doing what we love, you know, being hunters, being out there hunting, enjoying the wildlands. Very well said.
1: Absolutely, and you know, one of the things I, I definitely want to touch on too uh, in the time that's given. What was kind of like one of the most not memorable but like craziest experiences that you've had in the traveling that you've done in the past fifty years?
0: <laughs> you know, there there's been a lot. I mean, every, every time you go into one of these, uh, these, uh, you know, remote places and, and, you know, I'm talking remote from us here in North America, not necessarily remote like the Yukon where there's no people, but just, you know, far away lands and, and you're not close to the all-inclusive tourist destinations. You're going to run into situations that are, that are, uh, Certainly memorable. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I've I've been bumped into the the, mercy tribal, uh, smugglers that were smuggling arms one way and probably drugs the other way and between Sudan and Somalia, you know. So so it was my P H and I. I had a muzzleloader in my hands and and he had a double barrel, you know, big rifle and we were the only two armed and we bumped into a group of I think there were six. Of these smugglers, and they all, were all armed with AK-47s. Uh, the one little leader came up to me and and put him on his face and looked to his buddies, to uh, you know you know saying, "Look at me! Look how tough I am!" So when he turned around, I, I just reached and I snapped his grigri necklace off his neck and and started pantomiming that we're we're doing a trade. Okay, you take my sunglasses, but I'm taking your grigri. And and what that did, it it's halted the escalation, or it basically called him out and said, okay, you know, one of us is going to die right now in the next 30 seconds. And one's going to be badly hurt. You know, which one do you want to be? I don't know which one, which one's which, but I'm sure as heck all in. So let's escalate this. Cause if I wouldn't have done something, then I'm a victim. You know, he, he would just turn around. And uh, next thing he'd take is what my gun, you know, then, then you're helpless. You know, at what point do you, you, if you're going to fight, let's just fight let's get this over with. And, and I wasn't afraid. I mean, it's not, and, but when he, when I snapped that off his neck, he, he kind of started, you know, and, and his buddies who he's leading saw that. And that, that was fear. And, and uh, I was laughing. I thought, okay, good. You know, this, I always wondered how it was all going to end. Uh, maybe it's not going be to, you know, so here we go. Uh, and, uh, but his, his sort of reflexive start, that there was another predator in the room, just as big, just as bad, you know, maybe armed with a muzzleloader, which he probably didn't realize, um, you know, it, it defused the situation. He didn't escalate it to the next level. But, but, you know, there's a, there, I mean, how many of those stories do you want? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be alive. I have a lot of friends uh, that uh, aren't with us right now, be, you know, started on the same journey I did and uh, just, objective dangers, wrong place, wrong time. And, and, uh, they didn't, they didn't make it to today. So yeah, I've got, I've got a, uh, I've got a whole several books worth of, of those kind of memories.
2: That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Not many people are going to run into those situations as they're out and about. Uh, you've definitely put yourself in unique situations to say the least. And uh, it's really provided for a unique outlook throughout your show, throughout all the different things you've been doing. You know, anyone that's followed you has seen a hundred different ways to do the same thing in a hundred different places, just because of the way you've approached everything. And it's been an absolute blast to grow up watching and following along and learning about, you know, who would have known about this Ram in this country if you hadn't been one of the first to go out there and show it on TV, so
0: well, that's yeah, I appreciate conversation. I appreciate that. I, it's kind of funny. I'll go to conventions now, and I'll get guys in their mid forties coming up to me and saying, "Yeah, I watched you when I was a kid," and and I I kind of say, "No, I know you," <laughs> and then I, then I think about it and say, "Yeah, actually, yeah, you, yeah, you probably did." You yeah. know, it's uh, I've been do, doing it for a long time. I, I again, you know, I, I, it was serendipity. I was I right place right time with the right skill set and uh just when cable television was coming on and they needed more content uh you know and i i've always you know had to have an ul- uh, t- ulterior motive something more than just going to get the animal to me to so to bring those the uh, experience back and share it with all my fellow hunters um that that was more important to me than just going to get the animal. I, that. That leaves me cold, but, uh, if I could share the experience, then, then great. so when you tell me things like that, it's uh, validation for a, a vision that I had a long time ago. And, uh, hopefully that other, you know, hopefully it's inspired the younger, the next generation of hunters to, uh, to get out there and, and carry the torch around the world for us. Absolutely. Greatly no appreciate question.
1: it. There's no question to that at all. Um, me being younger, I mean, I followed along with what you had going on also. I'm only in my 30s, and we followed along there, you know. Um, one thing I do want to ask, and you've kind of answered it, but I bet you have a uh, a different answer for it, and we ask everybody this, is is what drives you outdoors?
0: Uh, it's, it's who I am. I mean, that's who we are. We, you know, we can dress ourselves up in pretty clothes and live in high-rises, but uh, ultimately – you know, you, you can't evolve the, who we are out of us in 10,000 years. I mean, we were hunter gatherers 10,000 years ago, 99% of us. And, and, you know, we became agrarian. We, we had to because our population was, was growing. So we, we were, we were almost forced into uh, um, what isn't an, an it's an unnatural situation for human beings. So, so to me, I, I you know I, you get one life to live, so why not live it truthfully and and uh, honestly, which means being outdoors. I, I, I mean, gee whiz, I I, uh, I couldn't imagine living life any other way than than you know than going outdoors. So it's not that anything drives me; it's who I am, what I do. It's it's uh, who we all are, you know. It's uh, hunting isn't something we do it's it's what we are we're hunters and and always have been and and, you know i just unwilling to deny that reality so so (laughs) yeah i guess what drives me outdoors the uh, being true to who i am and and who we are as human beings
1: absolutely i i really like it a lot and it's it's the truth i mean we all live by that every single day um, one thing I do also want to ask, is there anything that you want to leave the, the listeners with before we kind of close up the show?
0: No, I mean, you know, we all have a responsibility as, as outdoors people, we, you know, we're all naturalists and, and part of that is being a hunter. So we all have a responsibility to represent hunting and hunters to the best of our ability. So, so never ever, you know, believe that that you're above that as a, as a hunter as an individual we are all part of a kindred spirit we're all brethren we we live by the same philosophies and and so every one of us has a responsibility to represent you know you and and uh, anybody listening to represent us as well as we possibly can because if we don't um, i'm afraid that in today's world, with truth being, you know, not so relevant anymore, uh, that that we have to stand uh, on on the high ground and and never leave that high ground. Don't don't debase what hunting is because you personally think that it's, you know, ah, nobody's going to tell me what I can or can't do. No, no, we have a responsibility. We're all in this world together. And and we have to represent hunting and hunters in a responsible way, so so that's that's my that would be my advice, and and uh, I'm I'm seeing it, and this younger generation of hunters coming up, a far greater sense of of uh, understanding of of hunting. Like I say, my father was a meat hunter, you know, it was all about eating meat, and that was it, and and that's not what hunting's about. That's part of it, but you know, it's a it's a much greater picture, bigger picture than, than just animals or hamburgers running across a field. So as I said, it's about touching our ancestral soul. It's about a, a spirituality. And and uh, we all need to represent hunting in that way. I think in that way, it's defensible. And uh, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren and, and their children into the future will all be able to enjoy this pastime that we that we love
2: well said real quick. Where can everybody find you if
0: they are? Well, had... Yeah, we're, we're, you know, website, jimshockey.com, but also we're on all the social media platforms, uh, Instagram and, and, uh, Facebook, even Twitter. So that if you get on Instagram or Facebook, you can follow me pretty much daily on what I'm doing. Uh, I am I'm, I'm pretty serious about making sure that, uh, people can follow along on, on, you know, the daily life of, of an outdoors.
2: Outstanding. Well, Jim, we really want to thank you for your time today. It means a lot to us that you'd cut some out and have a visit with us young pups. And, uh, thanks again for your 50 plus years of dedication to conservation, the outdoors, to hunting, to everything that goes around in that world as well as the cultural side so hats off to you and we'll continue to watch and see how things go
0: it's my pleasure guys thanks for having me on
2: anytime and for everybody out there listening please take all this to heart it means a lot and there's no future without it and with that being said thanks for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive